Oh, I almost forgot my water, which is the most important part of podcasting. That is the most important part. If I think people just listen to hear the sound of ice cubes jangling in a Yeti cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could God, just yes. listen to ASMR videos of that. It's a sound that soothes the shit out of me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I provide that that experience for listeners with my alcoholic beverage in a small rocks glass every week. So I'm, I'm glad that that's something that people are into. Um, I like that I'm drinking water and you're just drinking hard liquor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, 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 it's the real life, Tim. Uh, we, we don't just create these gimmicks and, and put them out there on a podcast for people to enjoy. We live the gimmick. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes, uh, life imitates the gimmick. Sometimes the gimmick imitates life. Yeah. We don't even know where we start. And this podcast ends anymore. And it's kind of weird because I, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I just feel like when I'm having a conversation with you and you're not recording a podcast, I still feel like I'm doing a bit, even yeah. though there is no bit. Yeah. People, I don't think people understand that part of our relationship. I don't think people understand what our conversations on the phone are like, um, because this is basically it. It was the last time we talked on the phone, which was just a minute ago. You were mm-hmm. like, "Save it for the podcast." Yeah, and yeah, because I was. It's because I was just, you know, freestyling, yeah, spitting out podcast just, gold. That's you're just, just out I there. Am. You're just giving it away for free. Giving it yeah. away for free when we could have it recorded and on record. We could be getting paid uh, lucrative, lucrative podcast dollars for oh, these yeah. thoughts and ideas and these bits. Everything that we do, uh, this whole snacking. Uh, concept and, and everything that we provide, the information that we provide, uh, it's it's invaluable. It's invaluable. Uh, and, and the last thing I want is for Tim to be just wasting it on me. You know, I, 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 I don't deserve that. I don't I don't I shouldn't get some of that podcasting gold all to myself. <laughs> uh, you just inspire me to give you my best every time. Well, the best that I've got in me at that moment, it's if you're around, that's, that's what's coming out. See, that's how I felt when we used to test at the Institute. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you used to... Those, you, those tests, people don't realize it's like law school where you don't really have assignments. Like you go to class and you're doing stuff, but it's only... I think maybe Hogwarts was structured the same way. Mm-hmm. You, you're not graded on these little rinky-dink things that you do in class every day. It's kind of like all or nothing right at the end. Yeah, it's pretty much applied learning and seeing if at the end you have an understanding of said learning. But outside of that, yeah, uh, the Institute didn't have your typical uh, homework and, and such, but we did have tests. We had tests, and, and I always did extremely well uh, when I tested around Tim, mostly because I cheated off of him. Yeah, but, I mean, is it really cheating? I don't know. Is it, is it really cheating if it's just Lady and the Tramping a churro? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. But you always just, you were so much better at it. You took the initiative. Uh, I saw it in your eyes. You just had a fire uh, for for just wolfing that thing down, man. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm, in, I'm embarrassed. There's girls looking at me, people judging me. Uh, but you, you gave me the confidence to go on and get a B-plus on that particular test. I, I, I still don't understand why you got an A. I mean, we were doing, it was the same, 
we were doing the same churro. So I, the, the the professor liked me. I had said some smart stuff like earlier in the semester. That's that's it's it's that's how law school works too. It's not just the essay. Like that's the only test really. But there's also like they're kind of keeping not keeping score, but it's. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. My wife went to law school and it's, it's this nebulous process where you don't know your grade's going to be, what your grade is going to be until you get your grade. Yeah. And that's why those people are so stressed out all the time. Makes sense. If you've ever met a law student. It makes sense. And our dining hall was very much like Hogwarts dining hall. So that's a very good comparison, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but it uh, didn't rely on slave labor. We just had regular people making the food, yeah. and they got they got paid a living <laughs> like wage. Paid normal yeah. money. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how that works. Um, a lot of a lot of slave labor going on over there at the Hogwarts school. I mean, I don't yeah. feel like if you're a ghost, you should be trapped and utilized as like a source of learning. I, I feel like you should be able to provide that learning, that information to people at your free will. But I, yeah, there's a lot of things that I disagree with when it comes to. the the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft. You know, when I die, I just want to hang around Arizona State University. No, you don't. Sure I do. No. But, really? but the thing is, I'm, I'm going to be a zombie and I'm going to be there eating brains. So oh, okay. It's not, not going to be a Harry Potter ghost situation. I got yeah. a whole plan. Yeah. I like that. You're, you got you got a sustenance plan. You got, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, really, it's the reason why we started this podcast in the first place. We were like, how are we going to provide for our families down the road? I got it. Do a snack podcast. We'll get free snacks from snack companies. Feed our family with the snacks, right? Didn't yeah. quite work out that way. But that was. I, think it, I still think it was a solid plan. We've gotten like one or two free snacks. Yeah, <laughs> we got Jack Link sent us a lunchbox full of jerkies. Yeah, we got some sunglasses from Mod Pizza. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that came with a free pizza. That came with a meal. Yeah, they sent us a, a little coupon a, for a meal. It was a meal for one, but yeah, nonetheless. Uh, I don't like how much work you expect me to do in this week's podcast, Tim. Well. Was it that much work? I mean, I guess the, it's still a work in progress. Full disclosure: we're baking something as we speak. Oh no, you can't do so, that. No, you can't, you can't. We can't. We can't move on to even describing the snack before we welcome in our viewers. And I, God damn it, Tim! I know they're not viewers, um, but regardless of what you call them, I would like to welcome those people. That group of of secular people. I'd like to welcome them. Into episode 73 of Derek and Tim Eat Snacks. Derek and Tim Eat Snacks on the internet. I don't know. I have so many questions about episode numbers now. Yeah, I, I don't know where we're I, at. I Well, we we recorded an episode that might not be an episode. Uh, yeah. And we don't. I don't know if it's an episode yet. Maybe it is. It happened, but I would, I would, I would like to just say... Uh, in reference to that potentially lost episode, uh, this is what happens when you bring interns into the production, Tim. You brought a third individual into this podcast, accepting, I- expecting in some way for for them just to m- mesh right in with this thing we do. Just like, oh, like, oh, Brian's going to get dropped right in and it's just going to metamorphosis like like we're Voltron and he was the missing third middle piece. It didn't work out that way, did it? God damn it. 
I think I don't think Brian's the reason that the that the audio is garbage and we can't. Oh, it. oh, sure. But, Bring in but, a new intern well, well, who's in charge of audio, and we get a garbage audio product the very first time. I don't think so. I think that point. there's a good amount of blame to put on Brian's shoulders, and since he's not here, that's exactly where the blame is going, Tim. Yeah, it was it was Brian, and it wasn't really my idea. Brian somehow insinuated himself into the episode yeah. in ways I can't really explain how he did it. I don't either. It was like we're like we're gonna meet up at Baskin Robbins, and Brian's like, "Okay, I'll when are we too. going?" Yeah, and, like, yeah, like like well, what? what? Which yeah. one are we going to? Yeah, like, where? Yeah, what day? And then and he's, he's asking sudden, you to carpool with him and all sorts yeah. of stuff. I, I picked him up. I yeah, did, I, I drove him all the way over there. Like it was the whole thing. Um, I really got uh, uh, like uh, Tom Sawyered or something. Mm-hmm. You really did. You really yeah. did. But I'm, I'm over here whitewashing a fence now. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, that's somebody told me it'd be fun. It's not fun. It's work. Um, you, speaking of work, though, is you're making us do work. You're making us bake something. You're making me at 930 at night um, get out a cookie sheet. And uh, we actually have to go take care of that right now. We We actually have to take an early song break just so that we can go prepare the snack that you're making us eat tonight, Tim. I hope you feel good about yourself. I hope you, you're, I hope you're happy with the decisions you've made and, and the effort that you're forcing me to put out at nine 30 at night on a Thursday. Do you use an oven timer or a phone timer? Mm. I realize I should have used my phone because I can't see the oven from here. I don't yeah. know. I'm time. I'm timing. I'm, we're, we're timing this on podcast time. This is real. Yeah. This is real podcast time, and that time is now. Mine hasn't beeped yet. Stepped in, looking like a snack. Big boy, can you handle that? Take it down, 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 ride you like a Cadillac. Steady heard on the best, yeah, baby, that's a fact. After two, tell me what you wanna do. Me and you, no one has to come true. Say your grace, eat it with some gratitude. Yeah, I'm full of attitude. Said I'm looking like a snack. Wish a big position, wanna hit it from the back. Pretty long legs, and you know that ass fat. Pack it too big, had to put some in the back. back, back it's in the back, and we never lack. Niggas wanna stick to the kid like tack. Flow like water, and you know I spit crack. And you like the way I back it up like that. Like that, nothing that you can't have. When you step in, looking like a snack. Now, now, this has been a debatable topic that we have covered in the past before, and I understand that people uh, might be on both sides of the fence here. Uh, it's it's a divisive topic, but the big thing here is, is really, is something that you have to prepare a snack? And I've, 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 I've wrestled with this the majority of my life. Because I, for one, have never shied away from spending a little time on me, Tim. You know what I mean? Uh, take, you know, people have a problem with that. People will say, like, oh, I don't want to cook a meal for one, so I eat frozen dinners. Bullshit. I will, I will prepare a meal for Derek Montia. Special. Yeah, that's actually that's a better way to do it, actually, because then not only do you have a fresh meal that's going to taste better than your frozen dinner in the first place— but then you also get leftovers. Yeah, you right. Have, you have a couple. You have a lunch the next day or right, something. Right now. Yeah, and you have you have some self respect. I don't know. I, I'm. I kind of hit a wall on frozen pizzas a few years back and couldn't just couldn't do it anymore. Right. Oh, well, see, I, mm, I'm still off and on with those. I, I don't eat them often enough, and a lot of times the price point on frozen pizzas isn't worth 
what I could potentially get a cheap ass pizza from Domino's for. Dude, a you five dollar Little Caesars pizza is better than a five dollar DiGiorno anytime. Exactly. And exactly. don't act like don't act like it's not. Don't act like you're better than Little Caesars. Yeah. Don't act like you're too good for Domino's and Pizza Hut. Come on. Come on. You're you're not yeah. better no, than you're, that. You're like, trust especially, me, you are not better than especially that. Especially not if you're sitting at home eating a freshetta. Correct. Or whatever. Right, yeah. Like if maybe if you're putting the time in to do to to do a Bobolis, you know, the one with the cheese and everything yourself. No, but, I, you I know, haven't had a Boboli in a long time. Oh yeah, because those crusts are trash. But I've had something like that where the crust was actually like a dough. So when you well, baked you, it, you it baked the, up. You can get like the Trader Joe's. Um, a couple of other stores have like pre-made pizza dough like this too, where you just you don't have to do the work of actually making the dough. You just bring it home, you let it rise a little bit, you roll it out. Then you have kind of like a fresh baked pizza that you make yourself. Yeah, see? That's not a lot of effort. Right. But it is if you're just making it for yourself for a snack. And yeah. see, we've discussed this before. Sometimes you're preparing snacks for multiple people. Sometimes you're a mom or dad preparing snacks for kids. Sometimes you have some friends over and you're putting some snacks out. All of that's going to qualify. Let me tell you, if I go over to your house for a football event and you put out a snack stadium, I'm not leaving your house. No. I'm going to stay there for a very long time, and I'm going to make sure that I at least eat 20 yards of that snack stadium myself, right? Um, but really what it comes down to is preparing snacks for one. And I feel like my entire life is where I've always kind of come up short on preparing a snack that involves work for myself, right? Like, I'm the kind of person that would go into the kitchen with the intent on making myself an ant on a log, as we've previously purred. Uh, but most likely, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get the jar of peanut butter out. I'm going to get a spoon out, and I'm going to be like, you know what? Who needs the celery and the raisins? Go to town right there on the peanut butter. Just go to butter. town on the peanut butter, double dipping, triple dipping that spoon right in the jar. Maybe you got some M&Ms around. Yeah, you know, whatever. Whatever, let's get nuts. That's the most effort I'm feeling like putting in. So, I know that snacks can be prepared. I know that snacks can sometimes take some time. Um, but this week's snack, you, you had me out here cooking. Cooking again. I've already cooked for my for family. I cooked. I had to make. I had to boil water earlier so that I could make a, a a lip balm kit work for my daughter. Oh no! Yeah, she wanted to make her own lip balm, so she has a make your own lip balm kit. So you're cooking a dinner, and now you've also cooked like cosmetics in your kitchen. Yes, yes, uh, and bullshit, Tim. I'm gonna say bullshit on any of these children's kits that require an adult to participate. That is not making it yourself. Because you sons of bitches know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to put an instruction in there about boiling some water, and then everything from that instruction is basically now my job to do. She gets to put the little color in, maybe. The shimmer, the lip shimmer. She puts the lip shimmer in. I'm the one mixing the, the wax. I'm the one heating stuff up and doing stuff, burning my fingers on the boiling water while I hold the little mixing cup in the, the water. 
this has really whittled down to a so complaint like, like for a small a, audience, but I am going to put it out there because I like know making a poached egg. This is how you make a lip balm. It's yeah. Like, oh, it's fucking ridiculous, Tim. And it's all of her shit. There's always something that starts out with like, get out your thing and put the thing, get the tools and pick which colors you want. And then you have to get some boric acid and mix it with fucking, uh, you know, chlorine, you know, yeah, the, and it, it's the borax. Thora had one where there are these little like these little trays and you you fill them with like paint. And and I thought that was fine and I thought that was going to be its own thing, right? That the paint would like dry and it would become like a little color form thing, but that's not how it worked at all. You take this little this little paint tray of a unicorn or whatever and you put it in this water and chemical solution that an adult has to mix because it's like you don't want to you don't want a kid to have direct contact with a chemical before it's diluted and then um the thing over the course of three hours like shrinks down into a little 3D squishy slime toy. I forget what that, what that kit was called, but they, they turned out pretty cool. Actually, one of them was a narwhal. It's fine, but I bet it turned into something that you could have stopped at the quarter machine on the way out of the store and also purchased. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But making it yourself, I don't know. It's there, there's a whole that's that's what toys have sort of turned into, especially for girls. Everything um, is interactive for girls. Everything. For, those goddamn LOL dolls where it's basically like a maze and a it's a puzzle to get it open. And then it's, it's a little tiny piece of crap that costs fifteen dollars with a bunch of crap with it. But, the, but it was the experience. It was the experience of opening it up and getting to the crap. That's the part that they like. But those, it's, do, they, it's the game. do they play with the LOL dolls after the fact? That's what I'm not all the way sure about. I, the LOL dolls, like it's a cool aesthetic, man. I understand the appeal of how they look. It's it's really neat. You get like, I don't know, I feel real woke because like you don't know what color the baby's going to be. Yeah. You know, and you love you don't them regardless. Know, you don't know don't if they're going to cry or spit or piss. The LOL babies? Yeah, that's piss? what they do. Yeah, they one they I, do I, one they want to do one or the other. They cry. They have a thing where they fill up with water and it comes out some way. I haven't. I don't know if I've gotten the the most deluxe ones that actually do that. We get yeah. like the the little ones. Yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. So that's yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that's a feature of every LOL doll. But regardless, it's a crap toy and it's totally not worth the money that it costs. But it's what's well, it's all about the packaging. It's all about the experience of opening it. It really it's, is about it. You know, born it, of these of these YouTube videos, which you can find on my YouTube channel, where people just open up blind bags of things and surprise eggs and things like that. I don't have any surprise egg videos actually. Yeah, well, it's you know, I'll tell you this much. It, it's a weird phenomenon, but it's something that like every kid, if you have a kid right now that is ten years old or younger, chances are you went through this phase of the watching YouTube egg videos and, and blind bag videos. And uh, I don't know, maybe you're a parent that didn't let your kid watch YouTube and you're better than us, but quit, you know, throw, rubbing our faces in it. We're, no, we're I don't know. The kids who, the kids who didn't, the parents who didn't let their kids watch YouTube, those kids are going to go to college and they're going to get YouTube for the first time. And they're going to just become catatonic. They're not oh, going to be able to go to class. Jesus. Catatonic on cat videos. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be there. It's it's like you gotta build a tolerance for for the distraction that's True. out there. Yeah, and be gotta, able to work through it. That's my kinda, philosophy. Yeah, you that's gotta wade your way into it. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we got we gotta give them little bits at a time. I keep her YouTube time minimal, but overall, it's uh, you know, it's still allow it. Um, and she has moved on. She no longer watches other families' vacation. 
You know, now she's on the art videos, which I don't I'm fully I don't like on board that. with. The art no. videos are so cool. I I it was I noticed that coincidentally, your daughter and my daughter did the same aerial art video at like the same time. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cause and it it just shows that connection. You know what I mean? It shows uh, like kids are kids are watching the new stuff on YouTube, and they're 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 all kind of digging the same things like. I know my daughter likes anything that she can kind of draw that looks like Shopkins or Pops or whatever, right? So, you know, the kind of basic big eyes, you know, not too complicated drawings. but And, and I know I'm her dad, but she nails it, man. Like, she watches these videos and she effortlessly recreates some of this stuff. And I saw Thoris, too. Thoris was great, too. I mean, it's it's amazing what these kids are able to do when you just teach them how to do it, but... I, I well, yeah, the way I, that I'm I got not, any good at drawing, I'm not even that good at drawing. I think I think you're probably a little better than I am. But the way that I got any good at drawing was um, how to draw books. Oh God, yes. The, like there was yeah. there was just how to draw anything back in the day. Yeah, usually cartoon and, characters that didn't actually exist. Yeah, like it would be like pages and pages of like dogs and clowns and stuff that you like never had seen the light of day, but somebody had drawn them for this drawing book, and they were all really good. I had an actual Star Wars one, and it was wildly complicated. It was like, here's here's a shape, and then, like, here's a couple more shapes, and then, like, the next step is it's just all the details of Yoda, and it's like, what the hell just happened? What did I miss? <laughs> yeah. How did but we I, get I drew, from seven to eight? Yodas, yeah. Yeah, step step seven to step eight is like, it's like, what, what just happened? Now, I have to say that I got, just like anybody in the 80s, I got those, if you can draw this picture, then you should go to the Art Institute uh, postcard in the mail thing. Did you, ever, oh. did, you ever, did you ever get those and ever try to recreate that? I never actually drew one of those. I feel like I saw them a lot. Was it usually a dog? It, yeah, it sometimes was a dog or sometimes it was like an old man, I want to say. But um, regardless, I used to draw it every single time it came in. And never sent it out once, but I used to always you should, draw. You should have kept all of your dogs in a file somewhere. Oh, I wish see, I would have. To see how you improved over time. Like if you were actually getting better at drawing the dog, then maybe art school. And if they were staying yeah. the same or getting worse, then it's like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. it's. Uh, I think you made a better choice, though, going to the Institute of Snackology. I, I think I did, too. There were there, there's, a, there's more, you know, there's more range out there for use of my skill set. There's... The, the job market is less crowded than, than art. Come on, art? You know how many artists there are out there that would be better than me? Come on. Come on. Pfft. I don't have any discernible skill set. I don't know, man. I admire people who draw every day, even when they're not good at it. I agree with that. Um, I, I do admire some people that are able to put aside the fact that they're terrible at drawing to still draw. And, yeah. and get better at it. Uh, I do also laugh quite a bit at the amount of fake artists on Twitter that I come across. Came across one of those the other day. You ever come across these guys? Fake are artists? They, are they stealing art? No, they're not stealing art, Tim. They're taking pictures and putting them through the most basic-ass art filters that we all have on our phones in some way, shape, or form on some app. And then they're passing mm. them off as if they drew them themselves. I don't like that. Oh, I don't like it either, Tim. And most of the time, it's some guy with 15 followers anyway, so I don't feel like really calling him out. But you know who you are out there. You know who you are, and you know exactly what you're doing. And I want to tell you this. We all know what you're doing, too. 
We should shame that guy with 15 followers into quitting Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are all eventually going to just pivot um, pivot to becoming Twitter Nazis. Yeah, of course. That's, that's no, that's, that's the inevitable. Yeah, that's the inevitable downfall. It starts with the art, and eventually yeah. you go to being a Nazi. But it's, I mean, it's like it's pretty much it mirrors exactly yeah. what Hitler did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but why, why, why are we even on this? Why, why are we on this? No, we'll get to that no. at the end. But right now, what yeah. we have is we have uh, we have to we have to get in into our podcasting mode. A couple of things that we're about in this podcast, obviously. Number one, respect for women. Uh, number two is the PER system, where we pick a snack, eat a snack, rate a snack. This particular week, Tim has us doing work because he didn't bring us a completed snack. He brought us a snack dough. This week on Dates, we are trying Nestle Toll House Simply Delicious Snack Bar Dough. Nestle Toll House Simply Delicious Snack Bar Dough. Nestle Toll House Simply Delicious Snack Bar Dough. I've got to say, this snack is the white whale that almost sunk our podcast. We almost quit doing this podcast altogether over the lack of ability to find a second package of the snack bar dough. This stuff, I saw it in the grocery store. Like every time I'd go to the store and I'd be like, I want to eat that. And I was like, I do want to eat this. This sounds like a great idea. We should do it on dates is what I said. And Tim said, we should do it on dates, Derek. And that's how we decided we should do it. And then I spent three and a half weeks looking for it. As soon as we made this decision, I feel like this product got discontinued because now when I find it at the grocery store, it's marked down with like a clearance sticker. So if you are lucky and if you look real hard in the refrigerated case by the cookie doughs, you might be able to find this Nestle Toll House snack bar yeah. dough. But it's a complete crapshoot. With a, with a clearance sticker right next to the part that says new with an exclamation point on it. Yeah, it's it's been around for about a year. That's that's yeah. how long it's actually been out. And maybe they're going to rejigger it. Maybe they're going to try to release it um, in a, a different package with different branding. Maybe they've just decided to pull the plug on it. I don't know what Nestle Toll House is up to. Yeah, who knows? I was I'm, Toll I'm, House has like stores in Las Vegas. It's weird. Oh, yeah, it's very – that's very weird. That whole Las Vegas food scene is is incredible. But it's, it's, it's really interesting to me because this particular snack bar dough, this one that we got, there's two kinds, but the one we got is the five-grain and seed blend toasted oats chocolate chip with toasted oats snack bar dough. Um, a, lot of, a lot of toasted oats being thrown around in that description. Um, and – there's a lot of there's a lot of oats in that package. In that man. package, right? Baking these things, breaking up the bars, and, yeah. and putting them on the cookie sheet like oats everywhere. Which again, that's that made me wonder, especially considering that this may be discontinued. Uh, if that impacted the snacks journey, because uh, there was a lot of loose toasted oats that didn't seem to be part of of the general dough any longer. It was also I don't think, I don't think they're toasted. I think they they become toasted after you bake them. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, but uh, a lot of work went into this. Preheating ovens, cutting dough, whatnot. Uh, Tim and I have successfully already baked the snack bar dough. Uh, that's what our earlier uh, 
little little song break was all about. But now here it was, we are. It was a secret mission, and we couldn't disclose any yeah, information we can't, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Tim was already fucking up the whole podcast. He forgot no, everything. No, I'm pretty sure I didn't no, say anything. No, you screwed I was everything up. But that's fine. I forgive you, and the fans like you more than they like me anyway. So whatever. They're going to take your side, Tim. Of course, this is just like the Institute where everybody took your side. But I am excited to try this because I've never had a fresh baked, uh, you know, like basically it's like a, it's like a granola bar. So it's like a fresh baked granola bar. Granola bars were a pivotal thing in my snack development. Oh, absolutely. When I was a child, I think, I think like I could, I could point to like a key fat kid moment in my life where the Quaker chewy peanut butter and chocolate chip granola bar Mm -hmm. Like one of them became two of them, and that became my snack. And then the two granola bars that used to be my snack then became an ice cream topping. And and all of a sudden we were really getting off the rails in after school snacking. Yeah, no, I know, I know how that goes, Tim. Um, I've had lots of moments that I could go back to and point at as um, you know a, a, a big. Uh, pivotal moment in me be, being fat, but I th- I thought granola bars were healthy, man. Yeah, that was, my, that was kind of the whole thing. This was the whole '90s way of thinking. Like it's it's reasonably low in fat, and it's made of like grains, like whole grains. Yeah, it's got some oats in there. It's it probably yeah. It, it sounds it sounds like it's a good idea, you know. Uh, I don't know if you've caught this show Euphoria. On yeah. HBO, it's a yes, fantastic I've seen, show. I've seen uh, a couple episodes there. I'm I'm having this hard time because I feel like it's it's either the most important thing on television or it's total bullshit. And I it, it could maybe teeter either way, but I'm like I'm leaning towards most important. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. And not to mention the the complete like uh, head trip it must be for kids that grew up watching Zendaya on Disney shows and now watch her in this extremely adult show, but there's a lot of things in that show that people may or may not be able to relate to, Tim. There's a lot of stories that they've told that some people find, you know, maybe people that have lived a a more innocent life find to be far-fetched and ridiculous for teenagers to have gone through. And then there's those of us that have lived these stories and know that all of this shit is the way that real life is for a lot of kids out there. Uh, but no moment in that show's history, it's, it's a brief history. It's a brief, it hasn't been out very long. It was like four episodes. Four episodes deep. It. Yeah. But in, in the brief history of this show, there was no moment that I uh, really associated myself with or just overall could could relate to more than finding out that when Kat was 11 years old, she gained 20 pounds from drinking 72 virgin pina coladas during a family vacation. Wow. Now, I myself, Tim, was uh, around quite a few hotels when I was uh, that pivotal age between 8 and 13. Uh, my father was the GM of several hotels, uh, Holiday Inn, Chains, and Hilton's. Uh, and I found myself sitting around a pool drinking things like virgin pina coladas quite a bit. 
And let me tell you of the epiphany I had watching that show during that moment when I realized where some of the <laughs> really big weight gains in my life came from. It's not just the pina coladas, Tim. It was also the ordering room service for free when your dad's the GM of the hotel. And you can just go to the hotel and stay in a room uh, and watch cartoons in the room whenever you want and order room service. It, it, it's a really great life. It's a really just, great they life. They just bring you the food. They just bring you the food. Bring, and you don't have to pay for it. you just sign on the thing, your your name, like as oh, if you're a man. big shot. But they know that that's going to the GM. They know, oh, I got to give this to his dad. It's like it's even better than the, the commercial with uh, Adam Devine where they're bringing him free Taco Bell with Postmates or something and – and you know that, like, if you got the Postmates, that it wouldn't be free, that there, there's got to be some kind of catch. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, maybe a delivery fee is waived there's or something. you are still paying for the Taco yeah. Bell or, or something. Like, there's right. never. Well, there was a catch with this, Tim. There was a catch. There was a catch. It was, um, it was, it was the weight gain was the catch. Ah. The crippling, uh, the emotional, emotionally crippling weight gain that occurred at a young age. But let me tell you, it was worth it. For all of those triple-decker club sandwiches that I ordered via room service with extra french fries. Extra french fries. Yeah, you can just do that. Baller move. <laughs> it's a baller move. Anyway, I'm ready to eat a snack. A snack yeah. we made with our own two hands. Tim, are you ready to snack bar? Do it. Let's do it. I'm going to grab mine. I had, to, I had to kill a cricket on the way over oh, there. Get the, like, what the hell? Yeah. Come it was on, one of those cricket. things where the cricket the cricket really tried to escape me and like its leg fell off and uh, oh, you, you hate to see it. A whole mess, yeah. It's 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 monsoon season or it's approaching monsoon season in Arizona where it's really hot and the insects are like finally it's just like oh, fuck it, I don't want to be outside anymore. They're starting to rebel. Yeah. Like the monkeys in India. You see these videos, monkeys attacking people in India because they're like Cutting into their, their, their forests, you know, their habitats, they're, you know, producing houses and cities and areas that monkeys live. So now monkeys are just making street gangs, man, jacking old people and shit. Man, monkey street gangs. It seems like it was inevitable. No, right. No, I know. We really should have. Uh, in Puerto Rico, there's an entire island that's populated by monkeys that are all the descendants of um, test monkeys. Test monkeys? There was a sci-fi... Sounds like some shit out of a sci-fi movie, but I shit you not. There was a a research facility, right? And they basically just shut it down. So they let the animals that were inside of the research facility go. And for the most part, they were monkeys that they were testing on. And the monkeys just multiplied and took over a small island. In Puerto Rico, like very small, like off the coast. I mean, like a little, I don't know, like less than a mile in radius, right? Because there's lots of those in in Puerto Rico, just like little fucking weird islands that were made either by trees or sections of land that that are their own little island thing, right? But um, yeah, just an entire island of fucking monkeys down by where we used to live, right? So uh, the area was kind of like a touristy area where you would go and, you know, like go to the beach, but there was no beach. 
So that's why it was kind of popular because it was uh, this area made up of like a thousand different little tree islands. Like these trees would grow up out of the uh, out of the water, and kind of their roots would form a little island. It would look like that shit that you see in like a Looney Tunes cartoon, where they're stranded on a desert island, and it's like big enough for two people, and it's got one tree in the middle of it. Like these really exist, right? Oh. Um, but they're in water that's like knee deep, right? So it's that kind of thing. And there's a whole bunch of them, and people go there and take boats and drink and hang out on the, these little fucking islands like they go find one and they hang out and park a boat there and whatever uh and this little monkey island is kind of near that area so if you drive your boat kind of close to that monkey island the monkeys will come over to the edge of the shore and like throw shit at you and when i say throw shit at you i mean throw shit at you literal yeah monkey shit yeah it's wild it's a wild thing to see actually because my dad See, my dad tells me all these fucking crazy stories uh, in the places that he lives because my dad has lived in exotic locations that I don't believe until I see it with my own two eyes. So you saw these monkeys? Oh, I saw the monkeys. Yes, they were like 10 feet away from us. And the the longer you stay in one area, like the longer you kind of slowly put your boat by the island, the more that gathered there. And it goes from kind of being a fun joke to being like a fucking horror movie where you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not. I wouldn't set foot on that island, which is pretty much the position that the majority of humans in Puerto Rico have taken. Like, we're not going near that island. Monkeys can just have that. Right. It's like my dad telling me that in when he lived in Zihuantanejo, there was a poppy field where they were growing poppy to, you know, make heroin and the police sent a helicopter over to investigate it, and the drug dealers essentially shot the helicopter down with a rocket. Now, this would have been a far-fetched, like, fairy tale had it not been for the fact that my father was telling me this story when we were driving up a hill that was very close to this exact location, and we actually saw armed guards with machine guns just strolling around. So, yes, he was not really big, like exaggerating when it comes to these stories, but still, even being his son that has been proven time and time again to be wrong, I still don't believe him when he tells me some of this shit. You know? Told me one time he was spending uh, New Year's Eve with Eric Idle and Steve Martin. Next day, next day, mails me a picture of him and Steve Martin together. I didn't believe a goddamn word out of his mouth until I got that picture. Now, I, now, do you have photographic evidence of Eric Idle? No, because Eric Idle took the picture, but mm. uh, he also didn't have evidence of the three of them pissing into the ocean while the New Year came in, so that was a picture that I'm kind of glad I didn't get, but I kind of wish I did. That sounds that sounds on brand for both those guys. I mean, I, I haven't met your dad. It's but... pretty on brand for my dad, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty great. Uh, I, could, I could seriously talk about my dad because he's an awesome person all day, but I think we need to snack bar Joe this. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, these are still soft and warm, and I like that. Mine have not retained a lot of heat. No, no, not, not, oh. not a lot, but just a little. In the, I feel it on the inside. Right. Well, earlier, we were talking about mm. we were talking about burning our mouths on these. We were talking about yeah, how we were not going to wait. It didn't happen. We were not going to tell stories about your dad. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. No, we we purposely said don't tell stories about your dad, and fucking here I go doing it. Oh. I really like these, Tim. Yeah, me too. I feel like the baking instructions are wrong. Like they probably should have baked 
maybe for like 50% longer. Why, because of the softness? A little too soft, a little doughy. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, me too. But I read an email from the CDC today. Oh, my God. That was saying that. Oh, my God. You should never eat raw dough because all of the flour is contaminated with E. coli. What? And I'm just like, what the fuck? What is safe anymore? You know, everybody thinks that you can't eat cookie dough because, like, you know, raw eggs could potentially have salmonella or whatever. Yeah. Now it turns out that the flour has E. coli. I don't think it's this particular flower. This was this was recalling like specific vintages of Pillsbury and King Arthur and other types of uh, like Aldi brand flower. Hey, but you tell me that when I'm like knee deep in eating snack bar dough, like you gotta yeah, wait in. This isn't this isn't a food safety podcast. Oh my god! All right, so no, I'm still enjoying this. Yeah, you're not going to be able to find these, so I'm going to describe them to you anyway. I'm not going to let the CDC ruin us. The, it kind of has the perfect amount of sweetness for something that wouldn't be a dessert. Like, it's still very much a cookie. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. it definitely tastes like, you know, like when you make that mistake of biting into an oatmeal raisin cookie, thinking it's a chocolate chip, you instantly know the mistake you've made. You don't even have to hit a raisin to really know that you bit into something that's not pure joy and sugar. Oh, there's some there's some oats or something in that, right? That's what that's part of this. But it's a chocolate chip with toasted oats bar. And those really are the stars here. Like it's very toasted oats. The chocolate chip is pretty much the only like dessert sweetness there like the rest of the bar is kind of standard what they're describing five five grain seed blend there's i'm just saying there's definitely some sugar in there yeah but it's not you know yeah yeah yeah. i'm not i'm not acting like it's completely not i said i i started this off with saying it's a cookie um but i'm just saying like it it's it's not a cookie bar is I guess is my point. It's definitely something that that has less sweetness than a cookie, and really could be like a good breakfast snack or a good snack anytime. I mean, really a versatile snack. I I like the fact that like it, <clears throat> it gives me all the things I like about a fresh baked cookie. It's got mm-hmm. that warmth, that little crispness to it, and with some softness still. It's got all of that. I mean, all, all of the things that, like, a kind of a fresh-baked cookie gives you. And the chocolate chips are great. And everything else is kind of whatever. Snack bar dough, it's, I it's guess. More, it's more like a cookie than a granola bar, for sure. It's more like an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie in kind of the shape of a granola bar. But you're right. It's one of those things where if you, you picked up a couple of these and just was like, okay, this is going to be my breakfast, it would work. Yeah. Or if you wanted it post-lunch, with lunch, dinner, yeah. you want it with this a— would be a good— I've been I've been working at a at an office job now and and struggling to find like what you know what's that snack that's going to get me through between between breakfast and lunch because I go in kind of early yeah and I got to eat lunch at like a regular time so right no, I'm with you I, I go in but, early I got I got about five to six hours sometimes between the time I arrive at work and, and lunch so 
Yeah, yeah, me too. And, and so um, I've been eating those Sargento break, uh, balance breaks like you like, which are a really genius idea because somebody was just like, hey, you know it would make trail mix better? Cheese. Yeah. Hell yeah, it will. Yeah. You want to put a little meat in there too? Fuck yeah. Why not? What, they got meat ones? They got yeah, meat ones? they got meat ones. Oh, damn. Uh-huh. Um... Um, I like this. I, and I think the other thing, too, is let's look at it from the cookie aspect for a moment. If if what you're looking for is uh, uh, maybe something that, that's still a cookie but isn't, you know, makes maybe it can make you feel a little bit better about eating it than just straight up a cookie, um, this might be it. Do, mean, you, do you, have the, you have the packaging? Do you know how much fiber is in this? I do. Um, it has... Ooh, really, really doesn't have the fiber like out there to, 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 you know, be, it's got two grams of fiber. Is that in one bar? In one bar. That's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Because also I just ate three bars. Yeah. Three grams of protein, two grams of fiber. Uh, A lot of other bad stuff in it. Don't eat this thinking it's going to be healthy, but then you could also eat this and not feel bad about eating it. Because it's because it's got some fiber. It's got it's got more. It takes. I mean, it takes a lot of Cheerios to get yourself up to two grams of fiber. It's very true. It's very true. Um, but overall, I like it. I like it. It's you know one thing I like about it too is the packaging doesn't come off as being super pretentious or healthy. Like yes, they're toting the fact that you know it's 100% real chocolate with five grain and seed blend and toasted oats, but there's nothing. It's called a simply delicious snack bar dough. There's a lot of ways they could have gone with this. They could have definitely portrayed it as being healthier than it is, and they didn't. You know, they were like, "Hey, we're Toll House. We're Nestle. This is what we do. We put chocolate chips and shit." But I like it, Tim. You I'm know what's interesting it. about the Toll House chocolate chip too is that Nestle is sometimes one of the worst when it comes to putting fake chocolate in things. But if you look at the ingredients list on a pack of Toll House chocolate chips, they're legit. They have to be legit. That's a that's a sacred thing, and Nestle is not going to mess with that. And Nestle can't because they can mess with their own products, right? They can do what they want to with Crunch Bars and whatnot. Yeah, well, they they nearly ruined Butterfinger. Oh, they really did. They really did. People don't know. People people don't understand that that. Uh, that uh, there's a whole thing about Butterfinger and Ferrero having to wrest control away from Nestle and changing the formula, and it's it's all different now. Um, yes, uh, they 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 sold three billion dollars worth of their U.S. candy brands, including Butterfinger, Baby Ruth, and Nerds, to Ferrero. They had- they had nerds. That's so strange. Yeah. But nerds, but not the other Wonka brands like Laffy Taffy and Bottle Caps? This particular article just, just highlights those, but there's a very good chance. I can't imagine nerds being different from the rest of the Wonka family. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a deeper dive on that because that's really interesting to me. Well, it's interesting because of how big business some of this stuff is and how, like a lot of things... When snacks, these these conglomerates that we've been warning you guys about, 
They're they're acquiring all of the smaller snack companies. They're making them all into three big corporations that are going to run the snack game. And next thing you know, you're not going to have a choice of even where to get real chocolate anymore because real chocolate isn't going to exist. You see it. You see it happening now with movies. You see it happening with the 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 music industry, right? What nah. happened? Oh, it happens. I just most, listen to the music that my friends make. Most that's all. most of the music that's like classic music from the '30s all the way up until now has all been acquired by like two or three big companies. You know, oh, that's pretty weird. <clears throat> yeah, and I've been, you, I've been I've been following the Taylor Swift drama. She's well, trying to get her back catalog. Well, here's the thing: is, is with like the the or music Universal Music Group, right? One of the things that they really tried to sweep under the rug is how that fire at Universal Studios literally destroyed the masters for some of the greatest songs in in, in history. The masters are gone; they're burned. And Universal just needed to do anything they could to, like, not make themselves look like a feeble, inept company. So they proceeded with this defense of being like, oh, well, we've made everything digital and blah, blah, blah. Digital is still a recording or a copy of a copy. Yeah. Those masters for, like, Nirvana and (laughs) Weezer, Snoop Dogg, the masters for Snoop Dogg are gone, Tim. That was all... Was this in Detroit where this fire happened? No, this was at uh, Universal. I believe it was at Universal Studios, if I'm not mistaken. In Hollywood? I Universal. Uh, <coughs> it happened in 2008. I know that. Um, but I do not know. And so, here's the thing is, is that so much of that story has been kind of put uh, Universal Studios backlot. <coughs> yeah, that's where oh, they're being stored. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, 2008. What a weird place to store that stuff. That seems like expensive real estate that, that could be better used for things that are not storage, but... <coughs> I'm dying because I sucked an oat down. Oh, no, you just... And then remember the- earlier when we talked about water? Yeah. No water. No water to be found anywhere near me. Oh, because you finished your whiskey or yeah. whatever. Yeah, your, I, I, it, was it a Was it a bourbon? What are you drinking? Eh, it's whiskey. Okay. But, um, yeah... Now I'm sitting here choking, dying at the thought that Snoop Dogg's masters are, are gone, burned, gone forever. Weezer, Elvis Presley, every song Buddy Holly ever made, there's a lot of stuff that's gone. They don't like to talk about it. They don't like to talk about it. They don't like to talk about it. Because, see, and that's the problem, is once again, when you have like these major corporations gobbling every smaller thing up... Guess what? It's all one place. So you, you know? put everything in one warehouse, and you're risking put everything. Put all the fucking this. put all the butterfingers with all the nerds and all the Ferrara chocolate all in one. And it's all gonna burn down. It's all just the this recipes. doomsday scenario. The real day the music died. Oh my god! Could the, you imagine ooh. if? Could you imagine if we lose the recipes for Butterfinger? Nobody knows what the fuck a Butterfinger is, Tim. No, no one has Nobody. any. Nobody. It's, it's vaguely peanut buttery in there somewhere. Oh, I don't even. I don't, yeah, sure. I guess. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, there's there's no you couldn't recreate that without like very specialized machinery. Not to mention the fact that that old the, the old phrase about what it is, um, it was it, it the crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery, you know, all of that. Like I don't. Yeah, know. those are okay. First of all, they're not even words. 
Yeah, like crispity, he's, crispity. He's buttery, I'll, I'll allow that. Crispity? Crispity, no. No. Not Ser- a thing. Serving your peanutty, buttery, zen realness? Come on. Butterfinger, what's even going on over there? Is that, is that what they're saying now? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. That's all I know. We're going to have to like, eat the new Butterfinger at some point here. We gotta, we're going to have to go go deeper on this, I think. Did I you feel know, like we're, we're making you, a promise. Well, well we're, take, we're turning this into a Butterfinger podcast is what we're doing. Uh, did you know the Butterfinger inventor also invented the Baby Ruth? No. Yeah. I, like, I just assumed that like Babe Ruth invented that himself. And that he just like like took all of his snacks and poured chocolate on it and was like, this is my candy bar. And here's the other thing is the original the current recipe isn't the same one as the original created a hundred years ago. Why? Because that recipe was lost in a fucking fire, Tim. Both the Butterfinger and Baby Ruth original recipes were lost in a fire. What does that tell you about all of this? I think we can only assume now that Nestle is discontinuing the snack bar dough for for that very reason. Some, something burned down somewhere. There was a fire. Probably. I think it's because we, people we, like you won't won't perpetrate uh, won't perpetrate the myth. You know, here I am trying to get you on board with snack bar dough uh, as a healthy thing, and you refuse to play the game. And I, I don't think anybody wants to play the game. Nobody wants to. Hey, nobody was, wants touting, to play this game. I was game. touting its fiber content. You were briefly, but come on, you were calling it a cookie like, several times I take, earlier. I, I was trying Meta to be Miso like, there's, every night there's toasted bed. oats in here. I think the only reason I'm still alive is that I take I take like a Metamucil every night before bed. And you know how much fiber is in one of those scoops? Hmm. Three grams of fiber, man. I just ate twice that much in these cookies. That's a healthy snack. You want to know something else about Butterfinger? Millhouse was created for a Butterfinger commercial. Millhouse from The Simpsons was created for a Butterfinger commercial. His first appearance ever, the first appearance of Millhouse ever is in the Butterfinger commercial. Was it a speaking role? It's the one where Bart talks about the four major food groups and that one of the four major food groups is Butterfinger. Huh. I think he might say yes or something, but I don't know. He's there, though. That's his first appearance. There was a lot of history tied to Butterfinger. We're over here wasting our time on snack bar dough that you refuse to acknowledge as being healthy. I, I'm not, I'm not, I thought I was, you're the one looking at the ingredients list. I was just asking questions about yeah, it. You didn't have to tell me how much sugar was in it. I don't know. I was, I mean, I can, I can taste the sugar. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's still pretty sweet, but you know what? I like it. Well, it, you okay, admit that it's less sweet than a cookie, though, right? You could say that. It's less sweet. Even with the chocolate chips in it, it's less sweet than a cookie. I don't know. Oh, about, God damn it, it's, Tim. It's up there. Like, okay, if you get, like, a grocery store bakery cookie, one that has like that's, like, way overly sweet, it's not like that. But it's about the same sweetness as a homemade cookie. All right, I'm ready to rate, and I don't give a damn about what you think. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. You know, simply delicious snack bar dough by Toll House. It's over here. It's trying, Tim. It's trying. It might not be the best podcast co-host. It might not be the best healthy snack, but it's trying, Tim. Okay, it's it's putting itself out there. It's trying to be better. People want to mark it down. People want to put it on clearance. 
But it's still it's still getting up every morning and trying to go out there and be what, Tim? It's trying to be simply delicious. So for that, for the effort that it's putting in and for the enjoyment that I got out of eating it, I'm rating the Simply Delicious Snack Bar Dough a 7.5. And I agree that it achieved Simple Deliciousness. I don't know if it's getting up every morning because I think maybe it died in a fire. And, it's, it, and it makes me sad. We should mourn the loss... Uh, not only of the Prince and Weezer recordings, but but also the loss of this snack. Um, because I'm going to give it a nine. Whoa, shit! Whoa, I did not see that coming. What a swerve, Tim. Holy shit. I, yeah, I know. Wow. And, uh, I, oh, whoa. I, I, I'm sure I know, oh, know Crowd was probably expecting a different number. He really was. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, wow. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I was really taken on a roller coaster ride of emotions through your rating and I can't tell you how excited I am to reach this point that we're at right now. Uh it was a fun ride, it was a fun journey. Never forget that Butterfinger's original recipe was lost in a fire and so was all of Buddy Holly's music. Baby Ruth. Tim, I'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week and fuck Nazis. Oh yeah, fuck those guys and Hitler for the whole, yeah. you know, the yeah. Yeah, I don't think I... You don't have to bring up what he did. Yeah, just fuck him, fuck Nazis, fuck all of them. <laughs>